All right. Thank you for joining the ESPC Podcast Network. So the purpose of the podcast is to make money. And part of sports betting process, our process, it's really sports betting. It's like a religion of working out. Everybody has their own angle on it. But for me, since I have an MBA, securities licenses, even on vacation, right? If FINRA wants to raid me or whatever, I'm ready to go with the book. Like my Bible, the finance Bible. Read every day to stay sharp. Now, uh, got to keep your mind sharp when you're managing people's money. MBA, securities license, people uh, worth 50, 20 million dollars. And uh, during my daily finance reading, right, I read today, it said, obviously, right, obviously, if you have a money-making opportunity, it's common sense to go after. So for the last 12 weeks, I'll publish a PDF. You can have a link to it where it says it in detail. The book. Textbooks to use at Yale. I didn't go to Yale, but I can buy the textbooks. Read them to keep my mind track, right? Inside of that, I use as a bookmark the West Coast offense. <laughs> right? Keep sharp. So the last 12 weeks, we've had profit. But in the middle of the season, most teams sell scout. We sell scout every week. You have to confront your feelings, right? 80% of the people in jail have not confronted their feelings. They have unresolved feelings. Uh, if father knows best, we're supposed to know everything. So what we're wrong, it's humiliating. It's embarrassing, right? It's dehumanizing it. So you have to torture yourself so others don't torture you. Good friend of mine. Cleaning Greek mafia money over there in Tarpon Springs, maybe a half hour <laughs> He was, he owned a series of car dealerships and he was working out with me. And I was telling myself, Man, I need to torture myself. So this don't. He did that for his sales team. He told them that. Got to torture yourself so somebody else is torture. Last night we saw uh, our good friend. That I call him a friend family member because I made so much money off the under. I made more money off pizza unders than I've gotten in Christmas presents from 80% of my family. Right? Pete Carroll says you have to have a philosophy because higher level thinking is long term thinking. And the philosophy of this particular podcast is one of the greatest philosophers of all time, Rene Descartes. And Rene Descartes said, a life left unexamined is not worth living. In, in business consulting, in uh, it's a hospital effect, right? With every client, in the hospital, I'm putting in my application for recruiting coordinator for USC. So Sam Harrell is going to make. Uh, he just got thirty million dollars up front, twelve million a year. He can pay me. 
500, uh, $500,000 a year, right? And I can keep all my clients, keep things rolling, right? We'll apply the Hawthorne effect to USC recruiting, and we'll prove USC's recruiting 10 20%. But right now what we're doing is we're improving our betting percentage 10 to 20%. It's been a crazy year. Every year is different. There's an extra game. There's COVID. There's coaches acting crazy. There's owners acting crazy. You got Roger Goodell firing people who aren't even his employees. I don't even know how you can do that. Someone's like Dr. Fauci, right? We got the federal marshals go on YouTube and he fired this lady. Fauci has no authority to call the federal marshals more than you and I do, but he did. So Roger Goodell fires Gruden without being crazy here. Even crazier than under those insane conditions we've had 12 straight weeks of profit compound interest right you never leave money on the table the textbook from yale university is doing it right you know i I scare a little bit scott when i say yale university because the main person finance person coming out of yale is uh our friend elizabeth warren she's coming after our sports betting profits right so we're going to put a link to the episode notes a lot of philosophy but you got to literally be honest with yourself and take yourself to task on your decision making we use decision science right so you do not make mistakes you do not make mistakes during thanksgiving thanksgiving right there's always an a-hole so and everybody's family camera, there was that one person, right? So I made a good decision in that part. And I'm glad alcohol was involved. And I made a good decision or else it would have been a brawl. But we avoided all that. And we're here, Hawthorne Effect, cleaning up our thinking because we want to get on the road. You don't get right like the wrong instances. Sometimes, you know, you can't get always get what you want, but you get what you need. We want to get six weeks of the season. We want to start executing, making sure we don't make the same mistakes again, and we get on a 70 to 80% roll. One week, we want to get 90%, where there's a roll reversal in the luck factor, which in probability theory, which we use, is 20%. So there's no such thing as luck, right? You can only say to the highest level of probability, which is 80%. So we use business and financial concepts, MBA, clients that worth 50 million security. So we use business and financial concepts to make decisions. And one of the most important ones, one that I've seen over and over and over again, we use fundamental analysis and get into that corporate governance is that if you're the smartest, and toughest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. Because in Thanksgiving, when the wrong person was dropping off, I had backup. I had somebody like 300 pounds, smarter, more money than I did, and probably had better, harder hands than I did. It didn't have to happen, but I was in a room with somebody tougher and smarter. We do it the same on a podcast. We got two guys who are smarter than I am, who are tougher than I am, and they're helping me. No way I get profit this year. 
uh, coming off of last year, 28 consecutive weeks of profit. I don't get that without these guys. Thank you, guys. We'll go Scott and Chad. First words on Hoffman effect. So glad we're at 12 straight week, weeks profit here and uh, 28 overall. So got to keep it going. You know, got to learn from what we mistakes we made last week and uh, build toward a 70 to 80% consistency rate for the rest of the year. So it's the last quarter of the year, basically. So it's the home stretch. So Exactly. So 52.5% is break even. We want to get to 70 80%. Get that week where the luck factor comes back to us at 90%. And that is a lot of money for us. At $1,000 a game, I'm kind of blessed. Uh, you know, Bernie Sanders, IRS, Elizabeth Warren, turn the podcast off at this point. But we're at about $100,000 profit. That we're blessed in the greatest country in the world where you can make that type of money betting on games. Jan Nolan, what are your thoughts? Professional. Football player Chad Nolan, his brother, breaking records at Oregon State, got into the bowl game in a long time. He he put the Oregon State football team on his back and got into a bowl game for the first time in a long time. His brother, Chance Nolan. And again, I encourage you to watch that podcast, uh, watch that YouTube, Faith Family Football with Chad and Chance where we detail his story. There probably should be a movie, right? Very analogous to what we saw last night with Russell Wilson, where he was beaten out by, sorry, as uh, Glennon in North Carolina State goes to Wisconsin, tears it up, and uh, gets picked in the third round. He gets disrespected every five minutes. and just signed a $30 million a year contract with your Seattle Seahawks, right up there in the Northwest, not too far, where... Uh, the legendary now Chance Nolan, right? His his, uh, his ground that he's uh, creating, his territory that he's marking and creating for himself. Thanks, Jeff, for being on the podcast. Sir. Yeah, man, happy to be here. Uh, another good week for us, man. I was seventeen and thirteen for me, fifty-seven percent. Um, nice. I mean, it's just when when you compare it to to every other podcast out there and what we're doing. I mean. We have consistently hit over 52.5% all year, and there's just – when it comes to betting every single total and every single side, there's just – there's nobody doing that. <laughs> Nobody's doing what we're doing. Not so. even close. <clears throat> Not even close. And providing details, right? Performance and details, merit, right? And, you know, to put it in WWE terms that when I was growing up – here in Florida and Pinellas Park Gym, man. Pinellas Park Gym. I was just over there with my dad. I'll post pictures. Uh, working out with a late, great uh, Papa. No, good knows the Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> and Hulk Hogan, early in the morning, four in the morning, man. I'm going to get you a smoothie, man. He didn't even talk. I'm getting you a smoothie right there. I'm getting you a smoothie. That was... Uh, uh, I forgot his real name, but it was Hulk Hogan. Terry Belay. Got pictures of that too. Yeah, exactly. Terry. Terry. T. Yep. T is what's going. <laughs> you know, but the smoothie. Nothing's free in life, man. Smoothie was for spotting them for free, 
And God knows what was in those smoothies. I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Tenebri Troll smoothies at four in the morning can not spark gems. All right. All right. So we're going to go over our losses. This is the only podcast, too, that not only do we give great success, but I think part of the, the success or main ingredient is really taking ourselves to task. No BS about our bad things, things we forgot, things we didn't execute the process. Because to know and not to do consistency consistently and not to be able to do under pressure is not to know. And it'll cost you money. It took me 25 years to come up with this formula. And to be honest, 13 years, 2009, 2000, this is 21. So let's call it 2009, I've been consistently uh making money from this and uh right now inflation's not bothering me and it's buying gasoline with betting money and she bought first class tickets with betting money right i didn't tell that to the racist white guy that was like what are you doing in the front <laughs> what are you doing what are you doing in first class <laughs> You know, and I'm under emotional control, and Anna, the therapist, I had to hold her back, right? Anna's white from punching the old man. I'm like, he's an old man, don't, don't hit the, especially the airport. Now we're going to be on the news. <laughs> we're the ones fighting on the news at the airport. And we saved that. I've, I've got pictures and video of everything so everybody can watch the craziness of life that we live in. But sports betting helps us with that as well. We live in a very uncertain chaotic world omnicore world right the variant from africa world so sports helps us mitigate all right first game that i got wrong that i should have gotten right so we're gonna go and we're gonna go we'll flip we go scott and chad and chad and scott uh bad pick or uh bad luck so 20 percent luck factor so you have to differentiate games you got wrong, right? Because you did not execute the process versus games that were that 20% luck factor. Uh, that Detroit game was going under the whole time. I completely blew that. I got Detroit. Uh, I needed to slow down. Slow down my thinking, right? So I'm on vacation. No excuses. This is a... You know how they have no fly zone? This is a no excuse uh, zone. Because if you want to be a sports better, get our results, you want to play for first line, first class airplane tickets, you want to pay to go to bowl games, you want to pay for all your gas and inflations through sports betting, right? Besides the number one rule of betting, never bet your, your own team. Number two, do research. Really, number three, do not make excuses for bad picks. No such thing as a bad beat. You got to know whether uh, Scott was a coach, man. You got to, right? You got to have that inbounds play ready. Yep. <laughs> right? Yeah. You can't lose at the end of the game with, with a bad inbounds play. Exactly. Right? Oh, that exactly. was crazy at the end of the game. No, it, it's, I lost, uh, you know, that's why I say no parlays, but I lost a parlay. I was 90% NCAA tournament four days. And for fun, the heck of it, we did an all-day 14 NCAA 
parlay. I bet every single game individually, and I lost it. I would be retired right now. I wouldn't be on the podcast if Texas would have inbound Coach Barnes was in Texas. If they, they have two seconds left, if they just get to inbound the ball, put the boss to play. I retired, right? What happens? The, the guy chokes, gives it to the other guy. They take the ball. Uh, bank shot, they win. Was that a bad bait? No. I needed to do more research that Barnes' inbounds play sucks and that his players are chokers, right? So I needed to slow down. Even though I'm on vacation, in hot, humid Florida, can barely breathe, I need to slow down, take more time on that pick, and, and Detroit the other. What are your thoughts, Scott and Chef? So if you watched anybody that watched that game, DeAndre Swift got hurt, shoulder injury, second quarter, I think. So that kind of changed Detroit's game plan as to what they wanted to do. So, um, you know, I had the money line all the way down to the last five seconds and then (laughs) wins it. So um, that's bad luck because I think if Swift's in the game, I think they win the game. I think they win the game. Chicago on offense was just one one trick pony Thursday, which was throw it to Mooney. Um, you know, the rest of their offense was was not that good. So um, it's bad luck because, you know, I don't usually make excuses because of the Swift injury. I'm not making an excuse here. I just think if Swift's in the game, I think Detroit's game plan is a whole lot different. Um, you know, they, they probably <laughs> two touchdowns. He probably had a, a touchdown or two if he was in the game. So to me, that's a bad luck because because of the injury, um, and because Detroit's got to change their whole game plan basically to to try to win that game. And they point to Thanksgiving and and with them leading the game up until the last seconds and losing the game like that, you know, bad bad luck on that part. Um, you know, that's that's my thoughts on that game. Yeah, for me, it's bad pick. So I should have picked the under. Chad, um, he's about your age from Rialto, California, to Mount Williams. Did you play against them at some point, somewhere? Who? Jamal Williams. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, the – nah, he's from Rialto? Yeah. Nah. Um, but, yeah, I had the under in this one here um, and the Lions on the spread. So, I, I, I went 2-0 on this game. Um, I don't have any, any Hawthorne effect for this one. What about us? We're right there. For me, it was bad pick the under. And Chad, yeah, I think. And, yeah. And, and Scott saying his was bad luck. I, 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 I think the under, it was an under game all the way. Um, just the way the two teams have been playing, uh, and especially that swift injury. I mean, it, 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 like you said, it was under the whole game. And then, um, yeah, I agree, man. I, I, I like the Lions to win the game. Um, too, uh, but I, I just I played it safe and took the points uh, with a loser team like them. Um, but yeah, I Cali, how many games can they can they lose like this? I mean, they they got to win one of them eventually, you know. So yeah. I mean, how many games that yeah. they they've they've choked at the last second? You know, how many last second field goals with time expiring have they? I mean, they probably lost four games on last second field goals. So I mean, they got to. I mean, eventually so, they yeah, gotta now get we one. got. Yeah, so we all got that 3.5 Detroit. So that was good on our part, where we're we're betting a team that's always 12 to cover. 
We all did it without blinking. <laughs> I don't know what other podcast does that. Uh, another game I blew that I need to slow down. Okay, you're going on vacation, this and that. Things are crazy. Uh, slow down, man. See with your eyes, right? I had uh, Bernard Wolfman, who uh, retired, independently wealthy at 48 years old, finance guy. He told me, John, he was talking about stocks and businesses and going to a company and doing the research before you invest. And said, Josh, you see with your eyes. And I saw Deshaun Jackson in training camp. He looked good to me. He looked a little heavy as far as he got big, but he still kept his speed. So he's doing a good job with that. With something approved now, he's African-American guy with an attitude problem, right? Scott and I grew up with NWA. <laughs> He's from Long Beach, the hood. NWA, Snoop Dogg, Long Beach. He has a bad attitude. That's why he's been on so many teams. However, he's a phenomenal athlete. So I don't know what's going on with McVay. Uh, is it maybe because Kroenke spent a billion dollars on that thing. He has no more money. He's Walmart too, right? Walmart, no matter how much Walmart, they pay their greeters the least amount of money as possible. They pay mm-hmm. anybody they can the least amount of money as possible. They're paying McVeigh as least the money as possible. Maybe he's adding too many roles. Maybe with Snead, he's the assistant GM. But again, again, and I'm on top of this, and I need to execute this, where I see teams and people make mistakes with emotional control. He should have kept Deshaun Johnson because he was a difference maker for Mr. Olsen and Mr. Carr in that game. Right? He let me look at his stats in that game. But regardless, just from a schematic standpoint, he opened up the field. He opened up the field for Jacob. Right? And, you know, Brent's still at it. Brent's like, oh, I wish Minerota would have thrown that bomb. He could throw that bomb just as good as Carr. <laughs> Brent, but Brent was very happy because he, he did bet Benny on the Raiders. Uh, Deshaun Jackson. Action Jackson. Four targets, three catches, 71%, 102 yards, 34-yard average, one touchdown. Big difference in the scheme. In the process Gruden had going into the season, which is what these guys have to rely on, because they don't have the wrinkles that Gruden would add. But in my opinion, I'd like to know what you guys think. I think Olsen is just a good coordinator at Gruden. Is. They don't need his, his 20 plays. Darren Waller, right? It opens up the field for Darren Waller. So Darren Waller had... Uh, five targets, two catches, 16.5 yards. And then our guy, right, who's analogous to Cooper Cup. Now, I have to watch my emotions, right? Never bet your own team. Hunter Renfro is a recruit of uh, USF's coach, Jeff Scott. That every time he comes on the Zooms, you know, he's pointing at me, saying, yes, 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 no excuse for us to eventually win a national championship. 
All right, Coach, I want to ask you that question again. Uh, he had him as a zero-star Clemson. Five stars were – he's like, five stars were standing next to me on the sideline as a coordinator, and Hunter Renfro was in the game. Hunter Renfro, nine targets, eight catches, 134 yards, 16.8 yards. That's all opened up by Action Jackson getting his 102 yards and getting those deep balls. I should have known that. I should have thought it out, and I should have picked Raiders cover. And for sure, under those circumstances, that game's going over. So bad pick on my part. So I'm up to three bad pick shots. What do you think, Chad? Then Scott. Yeah. So, man, here. Yeah, I, I, I felt this was an over game Both all the way. Both you guys saved me. You guys saved me. Going yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, just, you know, the Raiders offense, I felt, had a little return to the mean. They were going to kind of put up a few points. You know, it's primetime Thanksgiving. Um, thought they were going to be able to put up some points here. Um, and, you know, the Cowboys have had one of the most explosive offenses all year. Um, indoor indoor stadium, controlled environment, no right. weather factor. Uh, all those. And then – yeah, you know, definitely I think I think that the Cowboys were a bad pick on my part. Uh, definitely a bad pick. Um, I think just recency bias. The Cowboys in the first right. six, seven games of the year were the, were the best team in the NFL, right? And uh, I think I just overvalued what they'd done, you know, in their whole body of work than what they've done in their last two or three games. Um, Amari Cooper's out. Uh C.D. Lamb's out. Uh, I think that play, uh, played an impact for them um, offensively. Uh, you know, they, they, they were, you know, Michael Gallup, they had to find that production elsewhere. Um, and I think those two receivers, as we saw, they, they, they make a big impact. You know, those guys in those first six, seven games, both those guys were getting loose and making plays. So, uh, you know, I, I think we need to take a step back on the Cowboys and really look at what they've done their last two and three games. Um, and kind of ignore those first seven, six games because, you know, like like Josh, you always say, you know, the season gets broken up, you know, into two halves or, you know, three or four parts. So, um, you know, right. what they did in those first seven, eight games is is not indicative of, of, of what is going to be um, them moving forward. So, uh, yeah, I think the Cowboys, you know, looking at this week, we've already kind of discussed this before the podcast, but, you know, we they're going to New Orleans Thursday night. Um, and... You know, we got a Hall of Fame coach in Sean Payton, and, and we got a, a you know a home underdog on Monday Night Football. And I think the public's gonna gonna overvalue the Cowboys again this week, and they're gonna bet that line up close to a touchdown. So maybe look to go the other way here with the with the Saints at home on on a, a primetime game. Right, right. And that's tomorrow night. I have I'm getting old, so I have to compartmentalize stuff. Like one of these coaches that are recruiting. Negotiating a new contract with LSU <laughs> and coaching the current team for the bowl game. But yeah, that was a tough one. Uh, a game I totally got wrong. I honestly I feel that the champagne's looking ahead to the next week game you talked about. On uh, New Orleans, plus six and a half, over forty five. It was a return to the mean Buffalo and I think this was the real Buffalo team. You know, 
forgot that show. Will the, will the real guy stand up, right? It's a show, right? And there's two imposters and a real guy at the end of the show. Will the real guy show up? Okay. Will the real Buffalo Bills game plan show up? And it was here this week. I don't think we had – we really haven't seen that all season. Remember, Pittsburgh beat them at home. We haven't – you know, it's Andy Reid guy. And all they do and all they love to do is put things in their back pocket for a later time, right? Higher-level thinking, long-term thinking. So he's waited right until the Patriots have got him for first place to show the real game plan. And he showed against the Orleans. I should, again, slow down. Slow down your thinking. Stop being so arrogant. Stop being so complacent, right? About 28 straight weeks of profit. Slow down. Because 28 straight weeks of profit can easily turn into a 20% week when you lose half your bankroll, 50 grand uh, on bad picks. So slow your roll. Think these things through. Return to the mean, which is a statistic. Uh, Buffalo is going to dominate your New Orleans team at home at the Dome. So uh, we all got that wrong. What do you think, Scott and Chad? So Sean Payton could be the greatest coach in NFL history, but if you have a quarterback right. like Trevor Simeon, you can't overcome that. He's <laughs> he's not a good quarterback. No, and, you know I look didn't look at the complete picture where Simeon has not been a consistent quarterback for New Orleans since he got in there. If Jameis was in the game, I think this game would have been a lot closer and a lot more high scoring. But because Simeon's in the game, you know, they didn't have Taysom Hill. So, you know, he's very inconsistent. Very he, Simeon is, is not a good NFL quarterback. Buffalo, if they don't see that too high with with you know, over the top, like they had been against Jacksonville and a couple other teams, they're going to pick apart that defense. And that and Josh Allen right. did that exactly. He, he picked apart the Saints defense. You know, now going back, coming back this week, Belichick's probably going to go back to that. So he may struggle um, on Monday night, but that's that's for tomorrow night. Um, right. I just think Josh Allen is a quarterback that if you just basically – throw out the defense and throw a vanilla defense or a defense that's not showing some confusing look, he's going to pick him apart. He's going to run the ball. He's going to throw the ball. He's going to get it to where it needs to be to digs and stuff like that. So I think it was a bad pick because when you look at it, it's it's the quarterback for the Saints right now. It's Trevor Simeon, and he's not a good quarterback, and he, he cannot put up 24 points in a game unless – they're down big and the, and the defense is playing basically just, you know, that soft zone defense at the end of the game to prevent defense. So um, they get down. They've gotten down in each game that Simeon's started, and that's a trend, and I should have looked at that trend in, right. in Buffalo. Um, but I, I thought New Orleans would put up some kind of points, and they didn't. And right. It's strictly because of their quarterback play right now. It's not right. good. It's not good, so – he was horrible. Uh, you know, he played well in Northwestern, but that's not the Michigan Wolverines, right? To quote Marcel, that's not yeah. the Michigan Wolverines. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, man, here I think we definitely overvalued the Saints at home. Um, you know, Trevor Simeon hasn't done much all year. Um, 
and then Rashawn Payton, you know, just as a Hall of Fame coach, maybe I think it was a total return to the mean game for the Bills, right? Um, they showed us, you know, we were really high on the Bills early in the season. Um, you know, they kind of hit a little bit of a plateau the last few weeks, and they kind of got right back on track this week. Um, so, yeah, I think – yeah, it's a bad pick. Bad pick on um, on going with the uh, the Saints over the Bills here. Um, but on the other hand, with the total, I feel like it – a little bit luck factor more more than the side here because, you know, the Bills got to 31 points. You know, we right. only needed two touchdowns. Touchdown. You know, one more to- – you know, we need 14 – points out of, out, of, out of the Saints to get a push and you know I mean that Simeon you know I felt like 14 points isn't asking too much out of him even though he is not been playing very well this year um, but yeah that's something we need to look at moving forward you know the Saints are switching it up this week they're gonna go with Taysom Hill Scott said he was taking the the, the reps as the number one in practice this week so um, that's a new wrinkle moving forward for them. Um, obviously, they're not happy with Simeon and his performance, and they're looking to, to go elsewhere. So, uh, yeah, I'll say very bad pick on the side. Um, and then I'd say a bad pick on, on, on the total as well, but but a little more luck went into that one. Um, you know, the Bills got right. to their 31. Yeah, the, the, the Saints scored touchdowns. They were driving a couple yeah. times, you know, and they had open plays, and Simeon just missed it. He just yeah. lobs it over there, lobs it yeah. over there. That's- that points. that game could have easily been thirty one seventeen and hit forty eight or something. Right. So to know and not to do is not to know. You know, listen to the podcast again. Scott and I hit this perfectly, except we didn't execute. This is my opinion, Scott. Let me know what you think. Because we're the same yeah. age, I think we did the same thing. Yeah. We. Again, we perfectly described exactly. The way this game was going to go, we saw Rayburn blow a gasket. We saw the the rivalry in the again. We rushed it. We needed to think this through. Belichick has a grudge against Rayburn. Rayburn beat him in the playoffs. Equals Belichick running up the score. We did not think he was going to run up the score in his frame. We just thought that he was going to shut him out. And only let him score 13 points, which we were correct. What we missed on it was continuing on it, right? Maybe it's until fatigue, we got Thanksgiving, whatever. What we need to finish it off and say he's going to run up the score on him and the game's going to go over. What are your thoughts, Scott? I agree. I agree. You know, it was 29 13 late in the game. And I was like, oh, you know, it, that that's it. Belichick's just going to. We're perfect. We're good. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Belichick's just going to run the ball. But then as they started going, driving down the field more and more, he's like, all right, let's put this one in the end zone and really stick it to him. <laughs> so, right. You know, and that, and that's how he is. Like you know, college game. Right. I've lived up here all my life. I know exactly how he is. When he has a chance to, to really stick it to a team, i.e. what he did to the Jets this year, i.e. what he did to Cleveland this year, i.e. what he's done in the past, he's going to do it. We even said it on the podcast. Yeah, and he's gonna do it. And he, you know, he put if he plays the Giants in the next year or two, he's gonna want to stick it to them too. So, you know, yeah. So, to me, it's it's a you know, it's a little of both. To me, you know, the execution, I agree with you, was was not there one hundred percent. But I think it's a little of both. 
I think it's a little bad luck because if the Patriots hadn't started moving the ball down the field that last drive, he would have been just as as happily just punting the ball and, and taking the 29-13 win. But as soon as he moved down the field, it was like, uh-oh, he's, he's putting it in the Yeah, but he was throwing passes. You know huh? what I mean? He was throwing the ball with a with kid. Yeah, and that's, that's the other thing, too. That's the other thing, he too. He doesn't so take big jobs like that. Yeah, he, he never does. Go for the first down, this and that. But he was going for the jugular. Yeah, if like, it was, let, let's go deep on this guy. Late, yeah. his team is tired. He wants to take his kid, these people back home to the bye week. We got the hurt running back. We got to win their division game. Let's go deep on this mother effort. We're calling those uh, timeouts and running up the clock. Or what is it? It's false start, running up the clock. Yeah, and, and the other thing you got to think cool. of, the other thing you got to think of too is this. He knows he's going to the playoffs. Now, he right. knows if he beats Tennessee, he doesn't have to worry about them in a tiebreaker situation. So he's right. going to stick it to them that much more in a game like that because right. he's, going to want to, he's going to want Vrabel to say, oh, we got to go back up to Foxborough again. Oh, we got to play them. I right. Really- he has a deep owner, and they're, they're the ones who are going to have to pay for the travel costs. Yeah, where Kraft is – where crafts will spend money like crazy to do whatever right. he can to make the team successful. So um, I'd say, you know, I agree with the execution thing. You know, we didn't hundred um, percent execute the way we should have. Um, but I think it's a little both. I think it's a little both. Okay. Like more bad pick than bad luck, but I think there's, yeah. there's some, some both in there. In there. Yeah. yeah. You know, totally agree with Scott here. Like I, I think it's a more of a bad pick than bad luck, but, um, be and I say that because we right we missed it two weeks ago against the Browns right Ju- they had they, right, it was right, right, that right. final was you know forty or it was like thirty eight to seven think, or yeah something but 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 basically it was the same situation they had a last drive of the game right Jacoby Myers got his first touchdown at, at with two minutes left in the game to make that one go over against the Browns in a blowout but the Browns coaching staff. It, right, Belichick has a grudge there. A lot of those guys are are, are from are the Belichick coaching tree. Same thing with Brable. Um, we missed it, you know. E- even though that one, I feel like was luck too, because the Browns only scored seven points in that game and it went over. Um, you know, and, and similar here too. You know, they blew them out again. Um, you know, the Titans only scored thirteen points and it went over. But the same common theme here was coaching grudges from Belichick's coaching history. Um, you know, and we missed it two weeks ago, and we miss it again this week. You know, so that's two out of three weeks. It's the same situation. So I definitely think this week, I think the luck factor on both those two games is equal. But I think it's a worse pick this week than two weeks ago because we just saw this with the Browns, and um, we didn't really discuss that on the podcast. And I don't think any of us really kind of brought up that 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 factor. Um, you know, so. So I, I definitely think we 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 gotta be uh got to be uh a little better at just you know we we just missed that one it, it was fresh in our minds um you know and the Patriots are just an, an, an under team you know last week you know twenty five zero shut out the Falcons you know so um you know maybe we just had a little too much recency bias there and and, and didn't give enough value to to uh you know Vrabel being from from the Belichick coaching tree and, and not only that but actually playing for Belichick you know as a player so um. Yeah, that's all I got for this one. Josh, you there? 
Josh is gone. I wonder what happened to him. <laughs> All right, what's uh? You just want to keep going, Scott? Uh, let's, yeah, let's go. Uh, we all picked Houston uh, to beat the Jets two and a half. Uh, was the yep. spread forty? Yep. We got the under right. Um, yep. But we got we all went money line on Houston. So thoughts on that one? Man, I uh, I really really thought you know with Tyrod coming back here that uh, Houston could win this game. I thought this was kind of kind of be a built-in win for them. Um, you know, it just it didn't didn't end up going that way. I mean, it, it was a close game, you know, uh, down down to the wire there. Um, you know, one possession game in the fourth quarter. Uh, I don't. What what are your thoughts on it? What what do you think we missed here? Well, I thought with Zach Wilson coming, two two things. I thought with Zach Wilson coming back, he didn't show us anything in the first half of the year. Um, mm. So I I looked at that and I looked at Tyrod. I thought Houston was playing much much better with Tyrod in his quarterback. And then for whatever reason, Tyrod just regressed to to the bad Tyrod instead of instead of the good Tyrod against Tennessee. So, um, you know, I thought Tyrod was going to be the difference. I thought he was going to get cooked going. He did for a little bit, but he didn't the whole game. Um, I thought they would be able to run the ball against the Jets. Jets have been giving up yards and, and stuff to receivers and running backs all year long. So I thought Houston would be able to offensively play the type of game that was going to lead them to a win, a touchdown win or whatever. And they were home too. And that was the other thing, you know, it was at New York. I might've looked the other way because dome team coming outside, cold weather, you know, you don't know what it was going to be in New York, wind, rain, snow, whatever. Um, So with Houston playing at home, I liked Houston that much more and it didn't pan out for whatever reason. Defensive game. We got the, we knew it was going to be an under game, Mm. but, I just thought with with Tyrod back at quarterback, I thought that that would lead to Houston being able to explode and score enough points to to beat the Jets. And that's what I that's that was what my thinking went with that one. So I think yeah. it, was, it was it was a bad pick. It was a bad pick because this was bound to happen. This you know you you this eventually Houston was going to struggle against the team, and they struggled against mm. the team unfortunately. So. And uh, man, what, what was the spread in this one? Two and a half. Sure. And it was, it was the Texans were favored. Yeah, yeah the Texans were favored. Yeah. It was two and a half. Yeah. It's almost it's almost just like with games like this. With, I mean, maybe the two most loser teams in the NFL is like maybe we just need to look at games like that and take the points. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like two teams, loser teams. Um, I mean, it can. You know, maybe maybe we need, you know that that maybe be something that I can look at moving forward is just two loser teams. Um, you know, maybe if you can get something over a key number, you get something that plus three and over. Maybe that's that's what, what we got to look at with some bottom yeah. of the barrel team. Then, you know, with the lot. Right, and as Josh said, there's four built-in wins, and I thought this was a built-in win for Houston. Too. Yeah, that, and that's I did, thing. and I totally did too. Yeah. A home game against the Jets, Zach Wilson's first game back. I mean. It all, it all, it all, yep. it all pointed that way, but uh, didn't didn't go that way for us. So now, exactly. let's see. Let's move next game. We've done. Uh, let's go Pittsburgh Cincy. We uh, we got the over right, but we missed Pittsburgh plus five. Yeah, this was this was a bad pick. I mean, this this was a 
for me, it was a bad pick because Pittsburgh hasn't been consistent all year, and they played great against the Chargers. You know, division game at Cincinnati. Cincinnati knows they can put Pittsburgh behind the eight ball. They beat them once before. And home game for Cincinnati, that offense is explosive, and Mixon showed that he can can run the ball against anybody in that game. So this was bad pick. I probably should have taken the home team in this instead of going with Pittsburgh, but I just thought Pittsburgh coming off of what they did against the Chargers was going to be ready for this game. They need it for the playoffs. Both teams need it for the playoffs, but they need yeah. it more because now they drop yeah. down to the 10 seed, which doesn't help them at all because now they're going to jump over two or three teams just to qualify. Um, you know, division game too. That's the other thing. Division game. You're getting points with them. Tomlin knows has been in this situation many times. He knows exactly what to do. But maybe Big Ben is just not the quarterback that, you know, he was at the beginning of the season or even against the Chargers. So that's another thing we're going to have to look at when we get these spreads. Is is Big Ben going to be able to to play a consistent brand of football and to win win that game or even cover that spread? And I don't I don't know. I just, I just think that the storm, the storm came in in that game. You know, Ben didn't play well. The offensive line didn't play well. Had some turn, had a couple of turnovers. Cincinnati just basically exploited what Pittsburgh wanted to do. So, yep, I totally agree here, man. We missed this one. I think we had a recency bias from what Pittsburgh did to Chargers the week before. I don't think the Chargers are a very good team right now. They're trending down. They lost badly to the Broncos. Um, so, yeah, definitely overvalued that win in them last week. And, yeah, I mean, Cincinnati already beat them at home, you know, 24 to 10 earlier in the year. So, you know, with that win at home, like you said, this this win, beating them twice is huge. That's that's two, you know, four games really up on them um, from those two, you know. And, and Cincinnati is, you know, they're a good team, and, and they're a playoff team this year. Um, and they're, they're the better team than the Steelers. They're a better team all across the board, um, you know, at home under a touchdown. Um, yeah, I, I really think, man, we, we really added too much value on what Pittsburgh did last week. Um, you know, we love Mike Tomlin. He's a great mind, great coach, you know. Um, you know, those great coaches sometimes get us into bad, you know, Sean Payton is this week, you know, we went with Sean Payton, we went with Mike Tomlin. Um, yep. And we overvalued some things and we, we didn't really, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't give the Bengals credit for, for you know, what they've been doing. Um you know, I, I also think it's. I also think it's a little bit of a bias to underdogs. I think I was a little biased to the dog here by getting five or six points. Um, and yeah, man, we just a bad, bad pick here, though. Very bad pick. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, Philly, Philly, and the Giants are the next game. Yep. We all picked so Philly, we, and we had the over. And yeah, this that was, was a, that, yeah. This Jalen Hurts didn't play well at all this game. Um, at all, and uh, turned the ball over, stuff like that. So I think this was bad luck. Philly had everything going for them coming into this game. Giants changing offensive coordinators, changing changing the uh, scheme on what they were doing. Um, you know, Philly's on a major, major role right now, or were going into that game. So, you know, he just went with all the all the, the flashing lights here, and, and the, you know, Jalen Hurts was going to have a huge game, and he didn't. And when he doesn't have a huge game, they struggle to put points on the board. And in this game, it showed very much. So, yeah, this is just bad luck on on the part of that. So, well, you know, when you lose the turnover battle four to yeah. zero, 
yeah. you throw three picks and you lose a fumble. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's as unlucky as it, as it comes. Cause you know, yeah. we always talk about with yeah. Josh, you can't, you can't predict turnovers, right? You know, you lose a turnover battle four to zero and you lose the game by six points, you know, um, Eagles should have won this game and covered. Yep. Um, I do think the division factor and, and maybe a little bit of a weather factor. I think, I think, uh, the, the Eagles on the spread was more luck involved than the total. I think the yes. total here with this division game and these teams, I overvalued Philadelphia as an over team here. I, I, I really, about really looking at it, I think the, the right sides here were, were Philly and the under. Those were the right sides. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, lose, losing, you know, minus four in the turnover battle, you're never going to win a game. You're not going to cover any right. spreads like that. Right. And, I mean, that's, that's not going to help, you know, the game going over. Um, you know, so I think here that uh, – the Eagles, you know, they should have got this one done. I don't think that was necessarily too bad of a pick here. Like right. you said, they've, they've been rolling. But, yeah, I, I I think we should have maybe been on the under here, man. Giant, You know, the Giants and Philly, uh, maybe a little return to the mean for Philly offensively. And just Jalen Hurts, you said, you know, like you said, they've been rolling. Yeah. Uh, slight, slight return to the mean. Um, but, yeah, all right, man. I like that one. Uh, next one is Jacksonville, uh, minus two. And the spread, and the over under was forty six and a half. We got the the over under right. Yeah, under. We had the under. We had the under. We took Jacksonville on the uh, looks like on the money line and the spread, and they didn't play well. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is not is not playing well right now. He's, he's not as good. Yeah. Oh, there he goes again. So my, my thoughts is Trevor Lawrence is not a good NFL quarterback right now. So he's he's got to do a lot in the offseason. They got to try to get to get to the offseason as quick as they can to get him up to speed. Um, he's not making good decisions right now. Lost Dan Arnold, his, his security blanket during the game. That wasn't a good thing for him. Um, to me, the side, the side pick was just basically Atlanta has been playing awful football, and I thought, all right, Jacksonville's defense has been a lot better lately. Going into Jacksonville, where it's going to be warm and humid, I just thought that Atlanta would wilt because, you know, and then when Patterson was made active, he made the difference in that game. If he's not in the game, I think Jacksonville wins it for sure. But because he's in the game, Jacksonville couldn't stop him. They couldn't yep, stop yep. him. And that's, to me, that's, that's a little luck and pick in terms of being bad, so. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's my thought. It's, it's, it's here. I'm, I mean, I mean, you guys hear me? Yep. 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 All right. I'm back. <laughs> Little. Are you guys? Are you guys hearing an echo? Yeah, I hear an echo. Yeah. How about now? I still hear a little yes. echo. Yeah, yeah, both of you guys are echoing to me. I, I, and I, I'm the luckiest Yankee. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, we're, we're good. No more echo. Yeah, no more echo. Cool, cool. All right, so uh, Josh, we're on the Jacksonville uh, Atlanta game. So, I, yeah, I definitely think here uh, a big factor in this one that I didn't really even process was 
Jacksonville's eliminated. They're yeah. in the AFC. They have two wins. With that win, Atlanta is five and six, and they are in the mix in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really, really think that, uh, you know, that was something that I should have, you know, like Jacksonville's tanking. They're done. Like you said, they're trying to get to the offseason as fast as they can with Trevor Lawrence here. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, you know, they got a veteran quarter quarterback in Matty Ice. You know, they're, they're, this is the kind of their last. You know, he's got a year or two left. Um, they're gonna have to make a, a change. You know, if they with that expansion of the playoffs now, you know, they 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 think they can get a seventh spot. You know, they can get that seventh seed here, and they're in, you know, in contention. I think Washington is is five and six, right? Yeah. In the uh, seven, so they. Yeah. Yeah, and and Falcons are now five and six, so they have the same record. They're tied. For the seventh seed. Now they don't have the tiebreaker; they're out. But I mean, that's a huge right. win for them to put them in that position moving forward here with a huge conference game against Tampa Bay coming up. So, um, exactly. You know, also with that division, you know, it's wide open for the second spot behind the Buccaneers. The, the Saints and the Panthers and the Falcons are all in a deadlock, all five and six in a deadlock. So, um, you know, I think that division being that tight and um, them having those playoff hopes still alive here, I think gave them maybe a little extra motivation, made them get Cordell Patterson out there and just kind of gave them that to put them over the top here to get this win. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. <clears throat> okay. Next game is uh, we got Tampa, right? I got the under wrong. Okay. Is jo Josh, is Josh there? Is he back? Josh. I think he's going again. Uh, okay. All right, yep, Tampa and Indy. All right, all right so we, we all got Tampa. We all got the Tampa, right? Yeah, I had and, I took the over here. Yep, you took the over. Uh, Josh took yeah, the you, over. I took the under. Mm -hmm. Under Because it went from 52-53. Yep. I just uh, – points were scored in bunches in the last quarter, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, Tampa just – every time the team got the ball, they went up and down. Oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. Josh, you there? I, I can see you. I can't hear you, Josh. Josh, you there? I know he was talking. I just couldn't hear right. him. Yeah, we, we got to get back on Zoom, man. <laughs> I think so. I think tomorrow night we're on Zoom. Yeah, right. No, you guys are doing good. Keep it rolling. You guys can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yep. Yeah, keep it going. Keep it rolling. You're doing good. <laughs> so the, the Tampa Bay Indy game, that both teams just kept scoring in the fourth quarter, and I, I, I didn't see that coming. Every team 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 got the ball up the field, down the field, touchdown, touchdown. So – I had the we you know the under it was going to be close, but as soon as that fourth quarter came, a team started scoring. That was the difference in that game. So, you know, bad bad luck when teams score like that for sure for me. So, you guys had it right though. So, I think Chad's gone. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I didn't need Josh. All right, then I'm back. No, you guys are doing good. Uh, that's why it's important to have a deep bench. We have a deeper bench than all those cheap NFL teams. 
<laughs> uh, we'll good, get it though. back rolling tomorrow with the other stream that's more consistent. Yeah. Then when we get back to home base, we'll hit on all cylinders. Right. But Jacksonville, 21 to 14, right? Was the end of that game? Yep. Yep. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is a high school quarterback. He's worse than a high school quarterback. Uh, Jacksonville wins that game easy if yep. they would have brought Bethard in. I was like, when are they going to bring Bethard in that game? Right? So, hey, we know that he's going to bring him in um, as far as unless <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is hurt. He's going to give him every opportunity. And the reason why is because Urban Meyer did not draft Trevor Lawrence. That was done by the ownership group and by Trent Balky. Yep. Right? Yep. So between both of them, uh, Meyer's like, screw it, man. I'm just going to not piss anybody off and keep my $12 million a year rolling. Exactly. Agreed. All right. Agreed. What's the next game you got there, Scott? Uh, and thanks, man, for coming in in the clutch. Oh, don't worry. Anytime. Came off Anytime. the bench, man, like Lou Pinella, pinch hitting. <laughs> Chad, Chad took a couple leads on a couple of games, too. So, oh, nice. uh, Carolina, Miami. We, it was uh, minus two, and the right. over was 42. I got the over. Chad had it right on every side. Did he? No, he took Carolina, it looks like. We all took Carolina. And uh, the 42 was me and Chad, and you were over 42. So, um, I think that's yeah. Let me let me look at the spreadsheet. Carol, oh, Carolina. Oh, you guys had under 42, and I had over 42. Right, according to the spreadsheet, yeah, yeah. So, you guys, we just picked the wrong side, picked Carolina. All of us. And the final score of that game was 33-10. Uh, the over-under was luck factor. Right. Total luck factor right there. Uh, Miami's on an upswing, right? So we got that right. We I got it right. We got it right that Miami is on an upswing. Yep. And I did it because I was wearing pajamas that day. <laughs> so did Tua. So Tua, I'm like, okay, this guy's confident. He knows more than I do about the, the atmosphere, the room, what they feel about that game plan. So for me, that was Miami the whole way, right? Yep. Uh, and the over-under was luck. Uh, in Carolina, man, they're just such a disaster with uh, the owner, general manager, everything. He wants to do everything. I, now I think he wants to take over the league <laughs> with what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, and Cam reverted back to bad Cam again. I mean, he just right. he just did not throw the ball well at all. He's He reversed, as Chad was talking about, you know, before we started. You know, he he watched him throw, and it, it was strange. The way he was throwing was strange. So, and he did it the same way here against Miami. So, um, right. You know, so Carolina is, is like you said, is a disaster organization. Um, the owner wants to bring in the big name quarterback. That's what he wants. He wants the right. King, He wants the Deshaun Watson. He wants the he wants to bring in the big name at a short price, and that's not going to happen, unfortunately. Right. King, 
Cam was a short price for him because Cam wasn't had no job. Right. So, um, with Deshaun, if he wants him, he's got to pay him, and uh, and I don't think he's going to do that. So you're going to Carolina is going to be in this process of inconsistent and not a good team if he keeps bringing in quarterbacks for short money, and that's what he's doing with Cam, and, and Cam is not performing well right now. So. So it was a bad pick because I thought I'd put more stock into what Cam could do and seeing him play against the previous game against Washington. Even though they lost, he played well, and he didn't play well here at all. So I have to readjust them. You know, they're thinking going down the stretch here. So Josh, you there? Okay, now we're going to go to the late games. So the first game up is uh, San Francisco, Minnesota. San Francisco was uh, was giving three points. Um, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. All right, yeah. Uh Again, I mean, and, and I think once we kind of break it down, go piece by piece, what I'll do after the podcast and tonight, make sure all the streams and everything are ready to go like it was when I got here. Yep. Uh, Minnesota, very dysfunctional organization, and it went exactly the way we thought. It really it was an unfair fight. It was Zimmer against Shanahan. Yep. Against uh, Lynch, the general manager, it was two against one, and it was details. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what I'm noticing in the NFL now is everybody's playing zone. They could be combo zone, where it's half man, half zone. Yeah. To surprise them, they'll show up in man. But almost eighty to ninety percent, for whatever reason. It's playing zone. Maybe it's the whole rush three drop eight because of the air raid. Yep. Having so much success in the league. All right. Mm-hmm. But uh, as disorganized and as depleted as Minnesota is, maybe when you're a cheap franchise like Minnesota, uh, Detroit, and all these people, you have to play zone to save the legs of your defensive players. I know the Colts are doing that. And then you do zone blitz, where you blitz guys from exotic locations, so on and so forth. So whatever Minnesota's been doing with Zimmer's kid, his son, as the fake defensive coordinator is not working because Garoppolo, um, I was watching the game on TV and listening to the Minnesota and the San Francisco radio broadcast. Yeah. They all agreed, right? What's his face? He was uh, comfortable in the pocket, right? Yep. He was comfortable in the pocket, and uh, Zimmer wasn't doing anything. So they really were running it up on them. Uh, Dalvin Cook, is he hurt? I don't even remember watching him. Yeah, he's hurt. He's got a dislocated shoulder. 
He hurt okay. himself in the game yes. in the third quarter. Dislocated so. shoulder. Yes. And he had domestic violence problems. Yep. Now these days I'm noticing, is it really the injury or is it the legal problems people have? Yeah. Right. Because a lot of that is intermingling. So a lot of investigation going on that we can do. So we get the games right and monetize them. Yep. Uh, I feel good about that game. I believe we got it all right. Uh, what about you, you Scott? Um, I thought Minnesota was was on the roll. So I thought Minnesota was the right. up and coming team. They 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 played explosive offensive football against Green Bay and beat them. So to me. It just came down to the more explosive offensive team, and I thought it would be Minnesota. And I, I thought that the not across the country, but halfway to the country, to the West Coast, it wouldn't affect them that much. But right. obviously, it did, it did just a little. Um, you know, Cousins wasn't the quarterback he has been over the past six, seven weeks. Um, he missed some throws. Um, you know, the Cook injury might have taken something out of them. Um, they, they, it. I don't know if they were ahead or not when he got injured, but I, I think that that probably took the, some of the wind out of their sails. And Garoppolo is just doing what Shanahan wants, which is managing the game. And they're running the ball really well. And it doesn't matter who they play. They're going to still run the ball really well. So that's that's what I thought, is that Shanahan, um, I knew they would run the ball well. I just thought that Minnesota had enough pieces defensively and offensively to to beat San Francisco and it showed they didn't. And now San Francisco is another team I'm, I'm looking at really closely. You know, there's three or four teams I'm looking at closely in terms of, of betting and stuff like that. And they're one of them. They're one of them. Um, they're on a roll right now. They're, they're playing really good football right now. So. Yeah, I know. Uh, with an extra team getting in the playoffs. Yeah. San Francisco being such a big market. Salesmen yeah. think short-term. Businessmen and women think long-term. They've yep. really had a long-term approach. They're keeping everything close to the cards, close to the vest, until uh, the end of the season. All right? Yep. Uh, what's the next game, Scott? You got on there. So the next game is the Rams-Green Bay. We all had the Rams side, but we had the over. All right. Of 47. So your thoughts first. Uh my thoughts are that I picked the wrong side. That it was Green Bay at home. Uh, a lot of it for me was revenge game theory. That since the Rams lost to them in the playoffs, that they were holding things in their back pocket to go ahead and beat them this time. Again, like the Grable bell sheet situation, grudge match, sort of between friends. I don't know if Grable and bell sheet are friends, but these two guys are friends. Uh, you always want to beat your buddy. And the Rams were right in there. Actually, I thought it was a playoff game. Uh, you know, the whole bell sheet rethink. You wait for people to make mistakes. Game was over when uh, Stafford threw the pick six. Yeah. Into the zone. He read it wrong. He threw the pick six. Uh, Odell Beckham did what they need Odell Beckham to do. Uh, Cooper Cup, I thought, too. Cooper Cup coughed off the ball. So those are two turnovers. You can't predict turnovers. There's a big argument. You can go either way, right? Anybody can tell me what 
because sports betting is religion or working out. Everybody's got their own angle on it. Yep. They're all free to talk about it. Uh, in my humble opinion, we know your thoughts, guy. I don't think you can predict turnovers because these are professionals and they're supposed to, they're supposed to be good at ball security. And yeah. Belichick for years was great at teaching ball security and having great ball security guys. Yep. Uh, uncharacteristic for Cooper Cup. I think that Stafford's body is bothering him and that's affecting him mentally, his performance. That probably has something to do with that pick six, where instinctually he's saying, oh, I can get it in there through that tight window. No, I can't. Uh, then he throws it. Boom, pick six. Yep. That was the problem. I mean, you could have predicted that, and I'm predicting that type of scenario in this future that yeah. kind of happened against Tennessee. But the saving grace is we all had the over, two offensive guys. We knew under the new NFL – where guys aren't training as hard. Uh, I think Chad said it before the podcast. We were talking about, oh, we made a business decision not to tackle that guy. That guy's too yeah. big, you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah, right. Yeah, these games are going over for that. Right. So we got that right. Should have gone with Green Bay because the Rams are just missing that last little bit. Yeah. That last little bit they missed when they were in the Super Bowl against Belichick. And Belichick outcoached Bay. Yeah. Won that game like what was it, 13-3? Yep. Yep. With Brady Brady a quarterback and Brady playing his role, not, not making any mistakes like Stafford did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we said a couple of weeks ago that the Rams looked like they're the team that are on the downward trend and, and they are. Right. I think the Robert Woods injury is a huge factor for them. Huge factor for them. I, I think that yes. for for some reason McVeigh still is not adjusted to that injury. And that's killing them right now. Right. And like you said, Stafford is taking some chances, and, and it's not paying off. It's the third game in a row he's throwing a pick six. So, um, right. you know, Stafford's familiar with that situation. I agreed with you totally on this game. I thought that the, the revenge factor was going to kick in. It was going to favor the Rams. I thought I knew it was going to be a high-scoring game. And you just know, like you said, two offensive coaches, they're going to put points up on the board, which they did. Um but I, I looked at the revenge factor in this game. You know, Green Bay knocked the Rams out last year. The Rams are coming back to Green Bay. They're looking to to win the game, get back in the division, in their division, and beat Green Bay for that tie-breaking spot because now it's about playoffs for these, some of these teams. Now it's about, okay, we know we're in. Who do we have to beat and to, to get over? And Green Bay was a team that the Rams had to beat, and they just didn't. You know, they didn't – they. They played well in stretches. Beckham had a good game. Cooper Cup had a not so Cooper Cup game. Like you said, he, he fumbled, uh, which are not, you can't tell. You can never guarantee or tell when the fumbles are going to record or touchdowns, too. Um, they're random. So, um, you know, the Rams have to go back to yeah, the ground. Yeah, you know, two turnovers, a 28 point swing. Yeah, yeah, no question. And Green Bay capitalizes on those turnovers. You know, they capitalize and they did. And it cost the Rams the game. Yeah, you know the Rams are slipping. So down I don't here. feel too bad about that game. I still no, I don't either. I'm going to chalk it up to a bad pick on my part. Yep. Because the Ram, there is something missing with the Rams. I saw it in training camp. With that yep. said, moving forward, 
you got to make a decision whether Raheem Morris is going to make the adjustments. And yeah. with old players like that, where they're in Donald, and uh, what do they got? Leonard Leno? Uh, they Aaron got, Donald, they, they got Vaughn Miller now. From uh, Denver? Yep, Vaughn Miller. Yep. The Von Miller? Yep. In a one-game situation, I can see them come to play. And Raheem Morris deciding in defense for that particular game where the Rams' defense can play well and even bail out the offense. Right, right. So that's a determination we're going to have to make during that time. I think they're on a bye now, too. Who, the Rams? Rams. No, they had their bye already. They, they're playing the Jaguars. Right. They had their bye. Yeah, so you're gonna have to rest, put everybody in a whirlpool, go through walkthroughs. Yep, yep. Right, and get them ready to go. But Von Miller and Aaron Donald, yep, know how to do that. Exactly. Exactly. So we got the last two games, right? Yep. So it's Cleveland. We all had picked Cleveland, and we picked the under. Right. On forty six. So my thoughts are bad luck. I mean Lamar. Bad luck. Through four interceptions, okay. Baker Mayfield didn't look great. Um, Cleveland had a chance to win that game at the end, and they just didn't. Their, their quarterback right. is so banged up right now that they have no. He has no chance of, of throwing the ball more than ten yards down the field. So to right. me, to me, it's bad luck because when you when you turn the ball over that many times and don't win that game, it's total bad luck. And that and that's what happened. Right. I had an awful game. Uh, Passing the ball, so uh, those are my thoughts. Cleveland didn't run the ball at all to say that you know they couldn't. They're like Seattle; they didn't run the ball at all. So um, to me, this was a bad luck for sure. Right, I a hundred percent agree. Uh, Cleveland should have won the game, even though with two bad tackles, they should have won the game. They're down there. Uh, Baker Mayfield made dumb mistakes. Mistakes that are correctable mistakes, mistakes that he should already know as a pro quarterback, as a Heisman Trophy winner. The man should know that, right? Yep. Uh, 100% bad luck. Saving grace is we had that under all the way. Yeah. Right? And then we'll close the last last game. Actually, we got it right. We got everything right last last game. Uh, We called the game exactly the way. It would go. Uh, if you don't learn from the past, you'll die from the past. And yep. if you read Pete Carroll's book, When Forever, he says he's never going to change from that defense that Monty Kiffin taught him 30 years ago and that you win with special teams, defense, and running the ball. You know, it's, Chad called it, man. It's It, it was 37 degrees at kickoff. Second half, it was in the you know Low late twenties, freezing. Yeah. The man yeah. just came off an operation. They probably injected his hand. That's why he couldn't go deep. That's the short. Washington knew that, so that's why we went under all the way. But you went over, Scott. Uh, I, I guess you're gonna rethink that in, in that in that type of scenario. Absolutely. I'm with, you know, Chad had talked about it before the game, Seattle, uh, before the podcast, Seattle is trending toward the under team. So um, I just thought Russell Wilson has been in this spot so many times. 
Washington's defense is 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 solid, but they're not great. So I my thinking was is that Russell Wilson has been hearing for the last two weeks how bad he's been, how awful their right. he's been. Um and everybody that was talking was right because their running game was terrible. And DK Metcalf did not get a, a pass on him till the late fourth quarter. And that and the catch he made was highly questionable. So I don't know what's going on with their offense. Um, but Pete Carroll said after the game, I listened to his press conference, he said that the running game was awful. So now my question becomes, are you gonna ch- are you gonna change this? Are you gonna well, why us- is he surprised by that? He's been coaching 50 years, he has no offensive linemen. Uh I, I think too, when I what I saw was Russell Wilson on the sideline, he's had it. Yeah, the, the thing the two things that popped into my head, and I and I tw- I tweeted you and I, I sent the tweet out on this. Russell Wilson right. Was throwing the ball flat-footed and short-arming every pass he threw, except that last pass when he scored a touchdown. That's number one. Number two, he looked like he quit a couple of times because he was getting right. sacked and hit, and you know banged around considerably. So the tweet I sent out last night is he's gone from a top-five quarterback to a bottom-ten quarterback, and he is right now. He's a bottom-ten quarterback. Well, just this is the thing, right? Yeah. And it started to interrupt, but it goes back to the offseason. Yes, yes. Where the Pete Carroll, remember now, Pete Carroll says he's not going to change his philosophy. He knows everything. Yep. He's not going to evolve, right? Which Guerrero and Brady would take offense to it. Right. Even Belichick will take offense to it. He says he's evolved. Yeah. He says that you can take any guy, make him into an offensive lineman, as long as he hustles. And Russell Wilson balked. He said, unless you give me a good free agent office alignment, I am not going to play for Seattle again. Right. He gets right. one guy. But you got five guys in the office line. So you got four stiffs on the office of mine, right? Yep. And Carol, he says 71 years old. Maybe he's in cognitive decline. Maybe he has dementia <laughs> and nobody wants to say anything because right. he's the president, general manager, and head coach of the team. So if yeah. he has dementia, because I wasn't shocked. Not, not was I not only not shocked that Pete Carroll has a sorry offensive line and bad running backs. I yeah. told everybody about it, and I put money on it, and I cashed a ticket on it. And yeah. he's surprised. You know what I mean? It seems like he's too isolated. Again, if you're that toughest, smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. He exactly. somebody needs to say, hey, listen, man, uh, you've won a Super Bowl. You've been to another. You won three straight national titles. I yep. understand that. But on this level, just having regular stiffs on the offensive line who hustle doesn't cut it anymore. If it right. does yeah. cut it, you're the guy you're paying $30 million for quarterback is pissed off about it. Right. And the other thing is if you're not going to change your philosophy <clears> – <throat> then you need to have a good backup running back because Carson's out for the year with his neck surgery. And you need to have an offensive line. If you're not going to change your philosophy, you need to build those two things up because, right. and he's not. Especially he, when you're the GM and the player personnel guy. Exactly. Yeah. And, and he took, he has a guy that's running the ball now that was on his couch for a year and a half. And he has right. an offensive line. that's just, it's just awful. There's just nobody there that can block. And Wilson's right. getting beat up. 
this is why he wants out of Seattle so bad is because he knows he looks but, around. He says, you know, I have these two stud wide receivers on the on the outside, but my coach wants me to run the ball still. So I have to do what my coach says. But if I was him, I'd audible out of almost every run play and throw passes. That's what I would do. What's but, he gonna do? Bench him? He's not gonna bench him. So that's what I would do. I agree with you. It's just it's just that he needs to have somebody tell him. This is 2021. It's not 1995 anymore. You can't just do what you, what right. you did. You have to evolve as a coach. So, And tight game. We'll close with this. Then we'll get Winston <laughs> Churchill, right? Uh, we're a content-based podcast. Remember the guy down here used to sell tires. Tires are not pretty, but you need them. <laughs> uh, we got through <laughs> it, man. That's why you have to have a deep bench, man. Yep. Chad and Scott carried this right to the end. Yep. Uh, uh, um, you know, Pete Carroll, we're just going to go under, right? We're going to keep going under on Pete Carroll. Yep. Keep yep. going. Second half line bidding against the Colts. Yeah. Make the evaluation. Is Raheem Morris and Aaron Donald going to put it together for this game, right? Yep. And the Rams not commit turnovers. They're in good shape. And double-digit dogs in the division are going to be big tomorrow that we'll be doing our research on. Yep. And put it all together, get a little bit of the luck track that's been against us, come back for us. We want to get to that 80 90% week. Exactly. Final thoughts, Scott. You know, I'm gonna as soon as we get off, I'm gonna start doing some research on these games um, and be ready to go for tomorrow night. And that's what you have to do. You have to research it. Uh, you have to. You can't look at what happened, as Chad said, in week weeks one through seven. You got to look at what's going on now. So teams change. Exactly. You know, Dallas was a great team in the first half of the year. All of a sudden, they've become a team that that gives up a lot of points. So now you don't know what what you're gonna do with them. Um, you know, so it's constantly evolving. Every week in the NFL evolves. It's totally different. So what happened this past week is not necessarily what's going to happen the next week for most teams. So um, those are my thoughts. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And, I, I, you know, I was hearing one coach was talking about, okay, now they have 12 weeks of film on us. Right, Pete Carroll, Bill, she'd have a plan for each part of the season, so things are changing. Maybe a guy like Nagy doesn't. Maybe Nagy is like those people that go uh, paycheck to paycheck, right? (laughs) Going game to game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The Jets did not win that game. Philadelphia lost it. Same thing with whoever the Giants were playing. Giants did not win that football game. Exactly. The team lost it. 100%. So you got to look at those scenarios. Put them together and do your research. Right after this, I'm going to edit the podcast, publish it, and then do research. Mm -hmm. And then be ready to go. Uh, I'm really excited about this next week because uh, it's a lot of hard work. But I know what work I need to do to get it to 80, 90%. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's what, <laughs> so that's yeah. what makes it exciting. To have this much profit. And all three picks on every game, every over, any under. Do not have to pay Action Sports $300. You do not have to pay anybody for picks. All you have to do is invest your time listening to the podcast right. and then make it analogous to the your personal business and the business world. And like Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Sports Betting Podcast.